0: Former interim DNC chair did just that this past week. She let it all out. Donna Brazil came out with what they call, quote, bombshells. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and how ridiculous it is to think that she deserves any attention right now to begin with. We've also had tragedy strike again, and it's unfortunate we have to have this conversation. And a senator that is highly touted on this program uh, runs into trouble over the past week as well. All this and a little bit more is coming up, so get ready and tighten your seatbelts, because this is FritzCast! FritzCast! Welcome, welcome one and all to another edition of the FritzCast. It's Monday, November 6th, 2017, and I need to learn to become less disgruntled with life, especially when I know exactly what's coming my way. Of course, of course it's Monday, and of course I got froze again. And of course, I refuse to let it interfere with my life to to the extent that I can't do things like my podcast on time. Monday's podcast day. I have the time to record it before I go to work. Following a freeze like I just had. It just feels rough sometimes cuz I already have two two overtimes scheduled later this week. And to get it, even even seeing it coming now, it, it's just it's bothersome. You I go to work on Sunday and I just pretty much loathe the entire experience. And it it is what it is. It's it's a fascinating personal study on workplace uh, environment. Uh, what's 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 the word I'm looking for? Uh, work workplace culture environment um, morale. Definitely a, a an interesting study on morale as well. And it, trust me, it's all coming in. And you know what the problem is? The problem really isn't even work this time. The problem is life. And I'm I'm working on the blog post for this week as we speak. And I'll give you. Let me tell you. I'll give you a little sneak peek at it. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever owned a, a an electronic appliance? You know, okay, any appliance, any home appliance. Think long and hard about this. Uh your washer, your dryer, uh your your dishwasher, uh microwave, oven, uh refrigerator, all that. All that jazz. You ever own elect an an tch, I'm stumbling over my words. <laughs> Have you ever owned an electronic And had it seemingly just, you know, take a poop and not do what it's supposed to do anymore. And not only that, but think long and hard about this one too. How often have you bought a new electronic and within a short amount of time uh, that seems unreasonable to you? And and we'll we'll throw a base number out there. We'll say like five years. Five years you should expect no issues from an appliance or an electronic, right? Okay, some people probably laughed right there And were like, ha, huh, more, more like three years And then something goes wrong And you have to replace something Yeah, maybe So, rather than dive into the details of it Because I, it will aggravate me And I, I'm already aggravated I'm sure you can already tell In my voice and such Rather than dive into the details And get aggravated about it now It's going to be written in the blog On fritzcast.wordpress.com and I am I intend to put it up within the next two days. So we're we're looking at, like, by Wednesday it'll be up, maybe Thursday, to be a, you know, blogging Thursday thing. That's kind of the theme with my old blogs. It usually gets posted on a Thursday. But I'll be busy <laughs> all this week. As I said, I just got forced to work in overtime, and I've got two overtimes scheduled. On top of that. You know what? And that's my fault too, because Veterans Day is later this week, so it's a holiday pay. And so, really, my complaining was just a strategic move of greed in the quest of making more money. So, you can criticize me for that all you want. Th- that being said, I've mentioned uh, stirring up and, and trying to get started a, uh, uh, a YouTube page. Some people have actually tried to discourage me from that. They're like, hey, YouTube demonetizing, Stephen Crowder's fighting that stuff, you know, yada, yada, yada. I, it's going to be YouTube at first, and then if it, if it doesn't work out the way I want it to work out, it'll go elsewhere. I don't intend to, you know, be monetized on Facebook. Okay, I've yet to monetize my podcast. This is not monetized. I actually pay for this. So I'm actually doing this at a loss. So busy week last week. It's going to be a busy week this week. Uh, the weekend again, m- much like last time, was filled with video games, and I gotta say, I am loving that. It is helping me not spend some money. It's this is definitely pre-vacation status where you're like, uh, I gotta, I can't, we can't go out and go bowling, we can't go out and go to dinner. Uh, and as far as movies, like Thor Ragnarok is out, right? But as far as movies go, between you. Uh, the only movie I care about is The Last Jedi, which, of course, I mentioned, I already purchased my tickets for. So, I'm I'm good. I'm set for the remainder of the year when it comes to entertainment value, stuff like that. That and, uh, well, the other bit I learned over the weekend, the Eagles had a game on CBS, of all channels, this, this past weekend. CBS! Some of you might remember my blog about cutting the cable cord, and how it was a kind of a pain in the butt to figure out football for the Eagles, and my simple solution was Sling TV, because most of the Eagles games were going to be on Fox or Monday Night Games, so Sling covers Fox and ESPN. Uh, CBS is not on there, because CBS is a channel that makes its own all-access for $5.99 a month, and so... (laughs) I, l- yesterday we go to boot up the game before I go to work, so I, you know I can only enjoy three quarters of the game about, and then I have to listen and go into work during the fourth, which kind of sucks. More on that later. So we boot up Sling TV and we're like, I'm like, oh crap, it's a CBS game. We're not gonna be able to watch it, and I'm thinking, you know, I can handle not watching it. I'll just listen to Merrill Reese call it. He's one of the best sportscasters ever and I mean that I enjoy it like yeah I have to go driving to work and miss watching the game I always boot it up there's times when I used to turn off or mute the TV and uh, turn on Meryl Reese calling the game the only thing with that is the radio is a couple seconds ahead of the TV feed so it would kind of spoil watching it but it'd be a good listening experience long story short CBS All Access got it for a, a week free trial, so I could watch the Eagles game. They don't have any more CBS games this year, so
1: that's probably going to be canceled.
0: Probably, probably going to be canceled until uh, playoff time, and then maybe I'll boot it up again. Who knows? See, look, seeing, I'm not good at this boycott stuff. Boycott the NFL; they're not being a uh, happy-go-lucky American. I don't, I don't care that that whole kneeling controversy is pretty much dead now. Pretty much dead. And nobody's talking about it. Nobody's looking at it. Nobody's really doing it anymore either. So it, it is what it is. I'm sure it will rear its ugly head again before the season's out. And we'll all argue about it in petty fashion. So yesterday, while you know basking in an Eagles glorious win, which they've been on a roll this year, Carson Wentz leading MVP candidate, uh, in the middle of the game, I got a little, you know, blip on my phone, and it was about some 20 people being shot, uh, assumed dead, in a uh, mass shooting massacre, which, you know, I, got, I do have to say this, it it is getting really tiring and, and sickening. To go just a short number of weeks, having talked about the the Las Vegas shooter, I don't even want to name names, so we're not going to name names. Let's just uh, let's just dive into it. So, the man in the in this uh, Texas shooting. 26-year-old, and I'm not going to say names. I'm really... I'm done. I don't want to see... I don't want to see names anymore. I don't want to see faces anymore. Not Not of these truly evil, uh, vile characters. I, I, I don't want to see that plastering my newsfeed anymore. And I try... Anytime something tragic like this happens uh, whether it's a shooting a terrorist attack a uh, 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 mass tragedy of, of any sort i it, it, that had a perpetrator an evil person perpetrating the acts i try not to dive into the the news coverage of that individual or the individuals that carried it out i try to focus on the names that matter the victims names these everyday Innocent people Who In most every case Were just going on with some aspect of their life Peacefully I mean think about Okay this was A church This was a church Church People go to church To pray To worship God To find answers to their questions. To be a part of a community of people that... Are like them. Looking to... Praise God. Pray. Find answers to questions. Find ways to come together as a community and be helpful. A church... This is proof that nothing is sacred anymore. And I say I say it every time something like this happens. Nothing is sacred anymore. Human life. I don't know if you guys are aware, but... And it's sad because we, we can sit here and we can say... Look at all the people who find this tragic And who don't want this to happen And who respect life Why is it What is wrong with so many people That they don't Either respect Or understand The sanctity of human life I can't wrap my brain around that I can't wrap my brain around figuring out How people have become just so Freaking rotten Nowadays That they don't care For life Life The first I mean You read any religious text And typically Life is put up there ...on the pedestal as the most sacred thing. The highest of sanctity is life. It is, it is in fact so important... ...or was at least once upon a time... ...that in our founding documents... ...the founding fathers made it a point to highlight that... ...we hold these truths to be self-evident... That all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, unalienable rights, that among these are life. That's the first thing they listed. Life. And oh, how easily people can just trash it nowadays. And parts of me are left to wonder, is it, it, has this just been happening all throughout humanity and we just know about it in such frequency and in such detail because we live in a 24-hour news cycle of social media where you will see it plastered up there right up front in front of your face? Is that part of it? Is, is part of it, like, let's let's take a look at all aspects of the argument. Is it because guns are so prevalent in America? I mean, people are dying all across the world at the hands of, other evil people, whether it be guns, whether it be knives, whether it be bombs, or whether it be fists, it's happening. And no doubt, if we look at America, it's just it, how is it that the, the things that disturb me about it are how commonplace it's becoming. Alright, and I live in Delaware. I live not far from Wilmington, aka murder town, aka there's a whole lot of shooting deaths in Wilmington. And when you see a news report of it, you just it's so second nature, you don't go, Oh, that's so sad, you go, Oh, it's another day in Wilmington. And that's bad. Every time I catch myself going, Ah, oh, it's Wilmington, what what do you expect? I have to slap myself across the face and say, That's not that's not the right attitude to have. In this case, it was uh, it was Texas, the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, where twenty were wounded in a shooting and twenty six are dead after a gunman busts down the door and opens fire in a church. And so far, most of the news stories that I've read is just that this this. Guy was seen at at a gas station across the street and then pulled on over into the church and went in and started shooting. That and... Not only that, and there was a citizen who had a rifle in the area who engaged the shooter, which caused him to panic and flee... And he was later found dead in his car And they're not certain This is where things get sketchy They're not certain whether it was law enforcement That killed the guy If it was self-inflicted Or if it was the citizen with the rifle But that's scary And just Proof that that nothing is sacred anymore You can't even go People can't even go into their church And sit in their church And bow their heads and pray Without the possibility That somebody might kick in the door And open fire That's sickening and something that sickens me, sickens me more, and people might get sick and tired of me saying this, but the, the, the rushing of the politi- politicization, the, the never-let-a-good-tragedy-go-to-waste mindset. And I don't say that against everybody who's talking about it, but the fact is I've already seen ads and posters and things made up citing this, and it hasn't even been 24 hours. Talking about the push for legislation of gun control and, and, and if anything is Ridiculous and insulting to me it is the fact that people would rush to politicize so much When we don't know motive we, None of the descriptions that I'm reading Even talk about the type of gun that this guy had It talks about his past About his discharge From the Air Force But there's mixed reports about that as well These are just some quick facts that I do know He was dressed in all black tactical gear and opened fired at the church At least 26 people were killed, the youngest of which was 18 months old And the oldest was 77 years old He was previously in the Air Force and discharged for bad conduct There's now a big back and forth in the news going on whether or not He legally obtained his firearm or not And whether or not he should have had the status To legally obtain his firearm or not There were Three Guns officials recovered A Ruger AR-556 rifle Which was found at the church A a 9mm Glock handgun Which was found on the shooter was was found in the shooter's car, car, and also found in the shooter's car, was a Ruger twenty two handgun. According to uh, Fred Milanowski of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, the shooter, who again, I'm not naming names. If you want to look it up, by all means, you can go ahead and do it, but I'm not giving that out. The shooter bought all the firearms himself. And right now, the leading... It's not being treated as an act of terror. Right now, the articles that I'm reading state that the gunman's in-laws attended the targeted church but were not present. And that there was a domestic situation happening in the family. The quote from... Freeman Martin of the Department of Public Safety was, quote, one thing everybody wants to know is why did this happen? It's a senseless crime, but we can tell you there was a domestic situation going on within the family. Uh, The suspect's mother-in-law attended this church. We know that he had made threatening texts from him. This was not racially motivated. It wasn't over religious beliefs, and there was a domestic situation going on with the family and in-laws. That being said, they are... Question marks abound. And the only other thing that we can really know about this guy's past is that they said that he had volunteered at First Baptist Church Kingsville uh, for one night in 2014 as a vacation Bible school helper, the church had confirmed. But that's literally nothing. It's like combing through and finding one little piece of information. So at the end of the day, we have a very tragic story, a lot of question marks surrounding it. And unfortunately, politicization. And when I say that, I mean there was tweets from people on Twitter that was just a bunch of people in church praying on Sunday. Chelsea Handler, it was in fact the one who wrote this. Uh, Several people sitting in church on Sunday, uh, uh, kneeling in prayer. Gunman breaks in and shoots them up. And why Republicans? What what kind of politicization is that? And why? And that was mere hours after the tragedy. Social media, I swear, sometimes, bane of our freaking existence. There was then several vulgar attacks on people who were sending their thoughts and prayers by people who say that thoughts and prayers aren't doing anything and we need to do... uh, We, we need to take action and legislation and, again, call to arms, call to politics... I you know I I can't I can't even so look up more on that story to come and I'm really I'm getting tired of having to face these tragedies time and again. Uh so that that's been the latest news that's happened now something interesting in the political spectrum that has happened in terms of oh I don't know the Democratic National Committee uh Donna Brazil, you might remember her as the former interim chair of the DNC after Debbie Wasserman Schultz stepped down because of controversial things going on. And Donna Brazil of course didn't uh d- didn't trample or or snuff out any of the potential controversies talk because Donna Brazil had controversy attached to her. Do you remember this clip? I'm going to play it. It was Megyn Kelly um, at one of the town hall events, I believe. But this is back in 2016, before the election. Donna Brazile being questioned by Megyn Kelly. Listen to this clip.
2: WikiLeaks released a March 12th Podesta email showing do, you messaging the Clinton campaign with the exact wording of a question asked at the March 13th Kelly,
1: CNN TV1 town hall debate. Kelly. Where did you get it? I, 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 you know, as a Christian woman, I understand persecution, but I will not sit here and be persecuted because your information is totally false. What you're, what you're telling the American people... I'm getting it from Podesta's people, email. What, what, you're, what, what you're... Well, Podesta's emails were stolen. You're so interested in talking about stories. So you the deny it. you're like you, you're like a thief that want to bring into the night the things that you found that was in the gutter. I'm not let Donna, me just tell you what CNN's I found. CNN's Jake Tapper Callie. came
2: out and said this was unethical. Somebody was unethically helping the Clinton campaign. He said I love Donna Brazil, but this is very very upsetting. And I love, My understanding I love is, is that the email and to I Donna Brazil it. He, this is Jake Tapper. My understanding is that the email to Donna Brazil came from either Roland Martin or someone around Roland Martin. He said this is very upsetting and very troubling. That's your own colleague at CNN. It's not Megan Kelly. Who gave you that question?
1: Uh, hey, K- Megan, once again, I've said it and I've said it on the record and I'll say it on the record and I'll keep saying it on the record. I am not going to try to validate falsified information. I have my documents. I have my files. Thank God I have not had my personal uh, emails uh, ripped off from me and stolen and and given to some criminals uh, to come back altered. I have my records. I have my files. And as I've said repeatedly, uh, CNN, in, in the 14 years I was associated with CNN, I've never received anything. If I had a blank piece of paper, that that would basically be the end of this conversation. I never get documents from CNN.
2: Your email to Period. the Clinton camp said, sometimes uh, I receive the questions you know, in advance. And uh, you know, well, CNN is I, saying Roland Martin gave them to you or someone at TV One. Any, and any, any, they were provided any, anybody, to Hillary before well, that town hall.
1: Well, anybody who knows me, and, and uh, there are a number of your colleagues as well, they know me very well. Uh, I know how I play it. I know what I do before every debate. I know what I do before every show, even this show. I do my homework. I communicate. I talk. I uh, but I can just once again uh, let you know that uh, as far as I, I, I know, that uh, CNN has never provided me with questions. Absolutely ever. Not.
0: A- oh, I remember playing that clip on the podcast, man. Especially that stupid, that stupid line of, well, Podesta's emails were stolen. That was stolen data. Here you
1: are talking about stolen data.
0: My God. And now Donna Brazil, of course, it, this is always, this is always the case that I find. Now that it's politically expedient, you know, now that it's politically expedient for Donna Brazile, uh, now she comes out and she has completely talked about how the democratic national election process to find their nominee was rigged that's what donna brazil came out and essentially said and didn't say and she's writing this bombshell blockbuster of a book and surprise surprise donna brazil talks about oh i figured out how 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 deep in, in, in play we are with the Democratic Party uh, uh, How 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 deep the corruption goes from the Clinton camp And the money and, and the strong, stronghold And, and uh, among the other charges I believe it was that The Obama campaign helped bankrupt the DNC Among other things That was Debbie, or Debbie Washerman-Schultz That wasn't Debbie Washerman-Schultz Although she has said ridiculous things that was Donna Brazile in 2016, and here is the news clipping from George Stephanopoulos today.
3: We are back with a bitter family fight inside the Democratic Party after the release of Donna Brazile's bombshell book, Hacks, where she revealed her thoughts about replacing Hillary Clinton with Joe Biden as the nominee. I spoke with Donna yesterday on This Week. She didn't hold back on her critics. Our Mary Bruce is tracking all
4: the reaction from Washington. Good morning, Mary.
3: Good morning, George. Well, the explosive charges in this new book are rocking the Democratic Party and reopening old wounds from that bitter Democratic primary. And now the book's author, Donna Brazile, the former head of the DNC, is coming out swinging against her critics.
1: For those who are telling me to shut up, they told Hillary that a couple of months ago. You know what I tell them? Go to hell. In an exclusive interview with George,
3: Donna Brazile, the former head of the DNC, tells her side of the story. The latest stunning revelation she considered replacing Hillary Clinton.
1: I was under tremendous pressure uh, after uh, Secretary Clinton fainted to have a quote-unquote plan B. After this moment just two months before Election Day, Brazil considered putting Joe
3: Biden at the top of the ticket. Again and again, I thought about Joe Biden, she writes,
1: but adds I could not make good on that threat to replace her. I didn't want a plan B. Plan A was great for me. I supported Hillary and I wanted her to win. Shocked more than 100
3: top Clinton aides write it is particularly troubling and puzzling that Brazil would buy into false Russian-fueled propaganda about our candidates' health. Brazil also writes of a fundraising deal between the Clinton team and the DNC to help bail out the party. Brazil alleges it gave Clinton's campaign vast control and compromised the party's integrity. Now, critics are accusing the DNC, including President Trump, accusing them of rigging the election to favor Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. Brazil refutes that, though. She says she's seen no evidence this was rigged, none whatsoever.
1: Jordan Robin. Yeah, she made a flat-out declaration. Okay, Mary, thanks very much. This a lively discussion that you had with mm-hmm. her, and she said she's from Louisiana, and she wanted hot sauce on every page. She that brought point. it. Mm-hmm.
0: So Donna has this, this big book that she wrote and if you ask me, I can't get behind this type of book writing from, from Donna Brazil because here's the thing. Right now, it is rather expedient of you to come out and say all this crap that you want to say. Now, I'm not saying it's not true. This being revealed as bombshell revelation type of, of stuff is laughable to people like me who last year at, uh, well, last year at this point, the you know, Election was coming up, and we already had candidates and all that. But during the election cycle process, people like me, who I don't even like Bernie Sanders. I really, like, I don't agree with his policy. I think he's a genuine human being, and I've said that time and again. People like me were saying, oh, Bernie Sanders is getting screwed. He's not getting a fair shot or a fair deal. We all knew he wasn't. We all knew that the party was not in his favor. And that the dealings might have been just a little bit unfair, and that's what led Tulsi Gabbard to make this little ad just last week.
4: Last year's presidential primary revealed deep divides within the Democratic Party that went far beyond substantive issue differences. Now, I wish I could sit here and say that things have gotten better, but it's just not true. Recently, the DNC chair, claiming diversity, removed a number of people from the party's executive committee, including Jim Zogby, the only Arab American, while allowing lobbyists and consultants to keep their positions. So what did those who were removed have in common? They either supported Bernie Sanders in the 2016 primary, supported Keith Ellison for DNC chair, or both. So the DNC's move to cast out those who just haven't fallen in line with the establishment and who are actually demanding real reforms is destined for failure. We must make sure that our voices are heard now as we fight for a new path forward that's more inclusive and that actually strengthens our democracy. It doesn't matter who supported Hillary and who supported Bernie. It's long past time to end the counterproductive infighting and name calling. What we're talking about here is fighting for an open, inclusive, transparent democratic party that best represents and serves the people. We need to get rid of the undemocratic system of superdelegates who literally have the power to swing an election making up one-third of the votes any candidate needs to secure the nomination. We must enact open or same-day registration in Democratic primaries to make it easier and actually encourage voter engagement, rather than making it more difficult. We must put people over profits and progress over special interests. Now, we can't do this if you've got just a few power brokers making deals in a back room. We can't do this with a closed process or with superdelegates that can swing an election. Your support, our voices right now, are critical. Join me by clicking on the link below to sign our petition to reform the DNC.
0: Now, Tulsi Gabbard, she's one of the Democrats that I can actually listen to and get behind and like because she's not— filled with this r- ridiculous rhetoric and fluff. She's not full on progressivism. She's worked with people like Rand Paul, like others in the Senate. She's reached across the aisle and done that, and that's something that I can get behind. I can get behind that more than I can get behind the Elizabeth Warrens of the world because Elizabeth Warren had this to say about the DNC issue.
5: We learned today from former Democratic National Committee Chairwoman Donna Brazil
0: um, that the Clinton campaign, in her view, did rig the presidential nominating process by entering into an agreement to control day-to-day operations at the DNC, uh, the Clinton campaign controlling the party's staffing, strategy, finances, communications, and that agreement was entered into in August 2015, a year before she defeated uh, Senator Bernie Sanders. This must shock you.
5: Look, this is a real problem. But what we've got to do as Democrats now is we've got to hold this party accountable. Uh, when Tom Perriello was first, uh, Tom Perez was first uh, elected chair of the DNC. The very first conversation I had with him is to say you have got to put together a Democratic Party in which everybody can have confidence that the party is working for Democrats rather than Democrats are working for the party. And he's being tested now. This is a test for Tom Perez. And either he's going to succeed by bringing Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders representatives into this process and they're going to say it's fair, it works, we all believe it, or he's going to fail. And I very much hope he succeeds. I hope for Democrats everywhere. I hope for Bernie and for all of Bernie's supporters that it's going to succeed.
0: Very quickly, Senator, do you agree with the notion that it was rigged? Yes. Again, I find it hard to believe that this stunning revelation about the the, the Clinton campaign and, and the control that they had over the DNC, I sincerely doubt that this is a blockbuster revelation that happened, you know, practically a year after the election, where Donald Trump has record low... Presidential approval ratings It's it, it's political expedience Everybody wants to talk about how the Republican Party Is broke, but just now Just now, the idea that the Democratic Party Is broke is coming into light? No We were all saying it We were all saying it During the primaries About how Bernie Sanders Was getting screwed We were all saying it This wasn't a stunning revelation a year ago Well, more like a year and a half ago. Because we were all talking about it, and you guys were the ones who were saying, no, it's not, what the hell, you just can't get behind Hillary Clinton. Um, Wrong. Because now you're all turning on Hillary Clinton. Surprisingly, you are all turning against Hillary Clinton now when it serves your needs. So Donna Brazile's book, I'm sure it would be an interesting read, but I'm not going to toss money at it because I don't want to read that garbage of what she supported, what she actively played a role in supporting with the knowledge. That's all that happened with that. That's all that was. All she has revealed is that I figured out this was going on, but I still continued to support the campaign and push forward because that was my job. Well, no, the noble person steps down at that moment and goes, This is what's going on. This is what's happening. The Democratic Party. Maybe it's not in as much shambles as the Republican Party is. Because, let's face it, the Republican Party, Oh boy, shambles. The Democratic Party's in shambles, too. What happens from this moment is what's truly going to be telling, because now, America, you have that choice, you have that option of rebuilding and restructuring these parties and possibly pushing forward a a third party. Why does all that sound familiar? Why does that sound like something I spewed about a long time ago? I don't know. Anyway, that's been the DNC, quote, bombshells. Stuff that everybody listening to this program heard me talk about well over a year ago or more. It's just that now we have participants who are coming out and saying, oh yeah, that happened. Donna Brazil a year ago, I didn't get no emails. And now, oh yeah, the Clinton campaign is dirty as hell. But still trying to have both ways saying like, I thought Clinton was a good candidate. Really? Okay, well, why are you writing a big book about how the DNC is in shambles because of the Clintons? Doesn't make any sense. One other news story that I wanted to talk about um, was Rand Paul. Rand Paul, a friend of the program—well, not a friend of the program—I don't know him. I've I've never personally talked with Senator Rand Paul. But this this was interesting over the uh, over the weekend. Rand Paul was assaulted in his home. Yeah, he was assaulted in his home and sustained something like five broken ribs. NPR reporting here, Senator Rand Paul calls it an unfortunate event, police are calling it assault, and many people are trying to figure out why Paul's neighbor, a fellow medical doctor, might have allegedly attacked him with enough force to fracture five of his ribs. Paul was reportedly tackled while he was mowing the grass at his home in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, police who were called to Paul's home shortly after 3 p.m. local time on Friday said they arrested Paul's neighbor, 59-year-old Rene Boucher, and charged him with fourth-degree assault. Boucher is a retired medical professional, by the way. Also, they're trying to spin this as uh, they're bringing up Renee's uh, Facebook posts which are, you know, Democratic-leaning and progressive-leaning. He doesn't agree with Rand Paul over things like health care and things of that nature. Um, so Paul's, Rand Paul's office cited a, a, a minor inergi- injury from this altercation, but now it's revealed that he has five broken ribs because he was assaulted by his neighbor. He was assaulted by his neighbor, and it doesn't make any sense. Again, Twitter and people rush to politicize things, but I, I just, you know, I feel, I'm, you know, well wishes and speedy recovery to Senator Rand Paul. Uh, not much is known about the motive or why uh, Butcher attacked him, but it's kind of weird. And to me, it's kind of weird how everybody wants to politically tie it up and find motivations and things like that. Um so so extensions of uh that to to Rand Paul. Hopefully you have a speedy recovery. Five broken ribs. Ouch. That my friends has got to hurt. Just a little bit. So my time's been a little short, um and unfortunately it's had to, some of it's had been focused on a tragic event in Texas. Another uh a shooting, another mass shooting. And uh, in a church of all places, that is that that's horrific. And obviously we're going to have to talk about it a little bit more as detail as more details emerge and as we get more details. but uh, uh if if I had any words for anybody right now, I would say everybody needs to really reanalyze the 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 human heart, man. Life is so frail, so precious, so sacred. But it seems every day we're in this fight and it's losing its meaning every day uh, because of these tragic events happening. So keep Texas, yes, some people might find the thoughts and prayers insulting, but I say keep those affected in Texas in your thoughts and prayers. And let's get ready to have some real open dialogue about, about this. Um but let's take some time. Let, let let's please take some time before we start making political ads about it and start spewing on that end. Um keep that in mind. With that being said, I'm gonna skip having play out music this week. So guys, uh follow me on Twitter if you want. It's at Fritz QS. F-R-I-T-Z-Q-S on Twitter. Facebook.com slash TheFritzCast and fritzcast.wordpress.com for the blog. The YouTube channel, like I said, has been just a hectic little busy week. The YouTube channel is going to get ready to go up. I'm putting the finishing touches on exactly how I want to do that. And the video casts that I plan to do are going to be short snippets, short little video things, because uh, the main focus is the podcast and the blog right now. If I can find ways to enhance and, and explode YouTube and video content, I will, but baby steps, baby steps, all right, love you guys, and I'll see you, or rather, you'll hear me next week. Going to close out with a blast from the past music. My original theme song from bensound.com, Rumble. Guys, thanks for listening. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at FritzQSFRITZ, the letter Q and the letter S. Uh, on Facebook.com slash TheFritzCast, fritzcast.wordpress.com for my blog. Check it out because I already know you haven't read my story to libertarianism. And I'm working on a YouTube channel. More on that later as developments come. If you want to contact me, it's fritzcastpodcast at gmail.com or any of the other links I provided. Love, peace, chicken, grease. See you next week.